The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. I know the score says 79-70, and people are going to look at the box score and say, well, this guy played well, that guy played well. And they're going to sit there and, and maybe they're going to fool themselves into thinking, oh, VCU didn't play that bad. It's just Duquesne played really well. This is our most embarrassing loss of the season. And I know that's hard to believe in a season where we got smashed at Memphis and you know, blew the game in, in, the, in the Garden again, in Brooklyn against Arizona, Arizona State, and losing at home to Jacksonville and some of the other low lights. But this one tops a lot because – just me personally, and by the way, welcome to Rams Rewind here live in the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group and out in podcast land on Podbean and all sorts of other uh, podcast platforms. If you like what you hear and you want to help us out, send us some dinero. Send us some dinero uh, because we really do appreciate doing this podcast for everybody, even on nights like this. And it was hard. on a, It is hard on a night like this because... It, it, there are a lot of things that can happen out here that are terrible. But for me, one of the worst ones is when a player that used to play for you stomps a mud hole in you when, you, when he comes, gets another shot at you. Trey Clark was here at VCU, was a very good reserve guard, was a, def- was a defensive bulldog when he was here. And he was kicked off the team. And none of us ever got the story on that. But at the time that it happened – it was a bad thing for VCU. Well, he comes back tonight, and he sticks it right up VCU's keister. 29 minutes, 26 points, six boards, five steals, one assist. What do you think of that, folks? 10 of 17 from the field. And in the second half, when, when doggone VCU was actually trying to get back in this game, how many times did Trey Clark – get the ball at the end of the shot clock and make a great play and make a basket or get fouled and go to the line or whatever. By the way, he was four for four from the line as well. I, I just mm. – and and to top it all off, when it got when it got out and when it was out of hand and when Duquesne had the game one, he gets a steal, runs down, throws it off the backboard and dunks it like what you'd see in a dunk contest. And it don't get much worse than that, folks. It does not get much worse than that. And the list of inexcusable things is long here. But not being ready for a guy that used to play for you. And I know a lot of this roster has been turned over since Trey Clark was here. But golly, the head coach was still here. And he should have, of all people, he should have told our guards what to be ready for on both ends of the floor. Trey Clark was fast. 
and he he will beat you down the floor and he will get around you and you have to be ready for that. Didn't happen tonight. Trey Clark took Ace Baldwin's lunch money tonight. And again, I didn't think I'd be saying that again, but I have to say it again this year. He and Brewer clamped Ace Baldwin in the first half. Baldwin was better in the second half. But when you look at these numbers for him, you can't help. You can't help but 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 think of how think of how terrible this performance was. Three for ten from the field, one for five from three, ten points, five boards, two assists, three turnovers, two assists for Ace Baldwin. I mean, we've played games this year where Ace Baldwin's had two assists before the under under sixteen. Good gravy. A lot of upset people in our comments, and you're all to a degree correct. And Bruce Stevenson, I made the same point in the game thread about this kind of performance on the road is what happens when you don't play enough true road games. We played two, and we weren't really good in either. And we played all these dadgum home games in a row, and we didn't play our traditional game at Old Dominion. And I know Old Dominion wasn't good enough for our schedule, but Northern Illinois was? Hmm? Or even Navy? Or Radford? I'd rather be playing the game down there that we play every two years than playing Northern Illinois, Navy, or Radford at home. Yes, we had one assist in the first half and seven turnovers. We did a little better on that in the second half. We had seven assists and eight turnovers. (sighs) Unbelievable. VCU doubled their output from the first half. They had 48 points in the second half after having 22 at halftime. We should have we should have had a chance to win this game. Honestly, we should have. We ended up we ended up shooting nearly 55% in the second half. And before we missed a bunch of threes at the end, we were 7-11 from 3. But we sabotaged ourselves by missing foul shots 7 of 12 in the second half. You know, that was that was one of the key key sequences when we were trying to get back in it. Baldwin gets fouled on a three and makes one out of three. Deloach gets the rebound and makes and makes 0 for 2. Ouch. But seriously, in the first half, in the first half, just defensively, it was, it was, it was a nightmare. I mean, how many times did I watch David Shriver and Brandon Johns stand off in space guard no one? And their man is open and hits a three. Or their man is open and gets a dunk. RJ Gunn, Rotroff, other people. What is going on? Brandon Johns ends up on Day-Day Grant, which I'm looking at that going, what the heck? And he gives Day-Day Grant two feet of space and he hits a three. And yes, it's 30 feet away, but it's Day-Day Grant. He's been doing it all the time. Uh, and yes, Chris Conway, this team is not coached well. But here's the other thing. When you don't win on the road, it is all about mental toughness. Some of it's physical toughness too, but it's mental toughness. On the road, you need to be mentally tough to win because you're going to usually face a hostile crowd and you're usually going to have things go against you. And you got to have the minerals to stand up to it and find a way to win. And this team, except for... You know, first five minutes of the second half and a few minutes later in the second half, didn't have it. 
Didn't have it tonight. That first half was pathetic. 7 of 26 from the foul line. 27 26 from the field, excuse me. By the way, seven foul field goals made, eight free throws made. That ain't good in the first half when you do that. If you're making, if you're, if you, if you got more foul shots made than free th- than field goals, you're usually in trouble. And again, in past years, we might have got away with 22 at half because we were a really good defensive team, and we might only be down three or four, or even seven or eight, and have a chance to get back in it. Instead, we were down 15. Because the other team was getting wide open three after wide open three. Brewer, Clark, Day-Day Grant, again, and you're leaving Day-Day Grant open. You know he's been one of the best players in this league shooting from the outside and scoring. And the amazing thing is he was four for eight from three and he was 0 for seven from inside the two. So at times they were clamping him, except they kept left leaving him open on the perimeter. And it kept going in. R.J. Gunn. God bless America. I watched Johns and Shriver both. Just stand away from him. Just stand away from him. And he gets uncontested three uh, threes up. And Zach, the press was at the end. This wasn't the press. This was just bad defense. No effort. Again, if you're going to double and hedge on somebody, then mean it. And they didn't do it. They didn't mean it one stinking time. There was nothing aggressive about the way they played defensively. Nothing. (sighs) Golly Moses, it was awful. You know, yeah, Clark had a career night, 26. Grant, 13 wouldn't be a career night for him. Gunn, 13 might be a career night. Doug Hines. Well, and there was some of that, Zach, that the half-court trap was an issue. Um, But it's, it's... I, you can't even call it a trap because when they would go to double, it was Brandon John. And that's the other thing. Brandon Johns is 22 points tonight. People are going to look at his line and see 22 points and six boards and think he's played well. Well, he certainly filled his, filled his boots on offense. Yes. He had six turnovers because he would, he was, I should have known it was like second minute of the game or the first minute of the game, Brandon Johns is out on the perimeter and tries to dribble behind his back and turns it over. And I should have known right then and there, we are in the bleep. We are in real trouble. Because that was just, what are you doing? And defensively, (laughs) there's a play where Brewers gets the ball, and it's a pick and roll with him and Rotroff. And Johns just lets Rotroff go. Lets him go. Brewer drives to the center of the of the uh, foul line area, and Johns has got to be two or three feet away from him. That's it. He's not in his face. He's not providing pressure. He's just standing there like it's going to do something. Deloach goes to his man, doesn't see Rotroff. The ball goes down there. It's a dunk, and and that was late in the first half. And again, I would have pulled Brandon Johns out, sat him down, and said, "You are going to sit for a while." And you're going to figure out what you're doing defensively. Oh, yeah. Chris Conway, that's the perfect, that's the perfect description. Yes. They were, guys stand around, no aggressiveness. And that was most of the game. And it was both ends of the floor. They weren't attacking on offense at all in the second half. It was so passive. 
uh, and, and so many quick shots in the shot clock. All the things we've been frustrated by all came up. Mike Rhodes might be too nice, Mitch McGuire. I thought the way they came out the second half that maybe he really got into them a little bit. Absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, well, Doug Hines, that's a funny thing. BCU actually won the rebounds in the second half. The problem is when they didn't get the defensive rebound, brother, they paid the price. They paid the price big time. And that was a couple of different times they didn't get the defensive rebounds and, and Duquesne made them pay with three pointers. So let's see here. Let me look at the rebounding in the second half. Oh, uh, here you go. This, this is exactly it. So BCU's plus five on rebounds in the second half. Plus three on offensive rebounds. Second chance points in the second half. Duquesne got 17. And it was 17 to 15. So when VCU didn't get the defensive rebound, oh, they paid the piper. They paid the piper. And yeah, Mitch McGuire, uh, I'm glad I'm not listening to Coach Rhodes' doggone postgame uh, interview with Robbie Robinson tonight because I'm sure I'll, I'd hear something that would – Set me the heck off. Um, yeah, George Prophet, the underachieve, the underachievements on the coach, the lack of preparedness is on the coach, and everybody in this, everybody that's commenting on this video has said it. Burying themselves again, burying themselves again in the first half. Oh, Daniel Carter, he's praising Brandon Johns. Well, see, that's the other thing. First two or three years, even four years. If you didn't play and make a good effort on defense, you'd sit. You would be sitting down. And now I am watching guys like Brandon Johns and David Shriver make just pathetic defensive efforts. Pathetic defensive efforts. And it, and they're playing. They're not getting sat. Let's see here. Uh, Johns got 33 minutes tonight and Shriver got 19. I, I just mm, – I, I remember a time, and, and it was during the Rhodes era, where you, it was like if you're not making the effort on defense, you're sitting down. You're sitting down. And Brandon Johns deserved to sit down a few times tonight. I don't care that he got 22. And Shriver deserved to sit down a few times tonight too. Oh, Bruce Stevenson brings up Toby Lawall. Toby Lawall – had the most rebounds for VCU in the first half, and he only played five minutes. He had four rebounds. That was the most by anybody at VCU at halftime because VCU was minus 10 on, on rebounds uh, 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 in the first half. And he only gets one minute in the second half. Where was Josh Banks? Oh, Doug Hines was asking that. Other people were basking that. Doug, that's the thing that gets me. We have two guys that are supposed to be our juice guys. Nick Kern, who was – Struggled tonight, and we didn't even see Josh Banks. I, I hope Josh Banks was injured. I would I would hope that he was injured because if he didn't play, that deserves an explanation. I Apparently, Billups is. Somebody said that in the game thread. Oh, and Doug Hines, yes. Jalen Deloach got the short end of the stick with some calls tonight. There's no question about it. But Jalen Deloach, yet again, pops off and gets a technical foul. And, that, and he gets it right after he gets a third foul, which shouldn't have been called on him. 
And it's his fourth foul, and that's pretty much it. He ends up playing 11 minutes tonight. Now, it was interesting. The announcer was saying that Jalen Deloach, I guess, was saying that what he said that got him teed up, he wasn't saying to the ref, he was saying to the teammate. And if that's true, then that sucks. But here's the problem, Jalen, and I have intimate experience with this myself. When you get a reputation for doing certain things like that, refs and people that can affect what you're doing are going to look for it. They are going to look for it. They are, they are watching for it. And if you pop off and run your mouth, you're going to get a technical foul almost every time. You have a reputation. So watch what you say on the court. And here's a better thought. Don't even talk to the refs. And don't even talk near them if you have to. Because damn, this is ridiculous. We didn't have much chance of coming back in this game. But when he gets foul number four, there goes your best offensive post player. Or, or you, you, there goes a guy that when you've had success this year, you've run the offense through him. And this is two years of this now. So again, I ask what everybody asks. And everybody's asking in this, in this video that's commenting. What's the coach doing about it? What is the coach doing about it? Because when it keeps happening... You don't blame the player anymore. You blame the coach. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And, and, and it sucks to have a reputation like that. It sucks to have a reputation like that. But you've got one now. So you've got to adjust. That's the thing. In this game, the referees have a lot of control. And you have to adjust yourself to them even when you don't like it. Mm. And that's the other thing, too. Going back to the unpreparedness of this coach, these players treated Duquesne like this was the same old Duquesne of the last two years that wasn't any good. And this is a totally different team. And I know they played a cake non-conference schedule with a lot of home games. I know that. But this is a very good coach that they've got who's been around a long time and knows what he's doing. And... He ran rings around Mike Rhodes tonight, and our players weren't ready to play. They were not ready to play. They did not respect this opponent tonight. They'll claim they did. That's baloney. That is baloney because you do not start out the game the way they started out doing that. You, you No, it, it, that's BS. Nobody's, nobody's believing that. Nobody's buying that. No. Sorry. You do, you do not start out and put yourself in the kind of hole they put themselves in and, and sit here and say you're, you're, you've respected this opponent because they were, they, they, were, they were in a big fat hole from the get-go. From the get-go. And it's, be, and it's because they just simply – they simply did not give a stuff it looked like out there. They looked like they didn't want to be there. It goes from it goes from seven to six after Deloach makes his only shot to doggone the dog. Oh golly Moses! And now they're now they're giving me. Oh come on, seriously! I hate the live scoring that Duquesne uses. 
it is so terrible. It is so difficult to use and go through things. But it's like it went from seven to six in that game to 14 to six like immediately. It was less than a minute. And it was two and, and it was Clark jumper, Clark layup, Grant three. Bam. Not even a minute. And it goes from that. And then of course they actually get in here. I mean, look. Yeah, and then there's and then it's a couple, another couple minutes where neither team scores, and then it's another Grant three pointer, and again, just like that, a seven six game became fourteen six. And look, everybody's been telling you about it. Started badly in the Navy games. Started badly in the Slav game. LaSalle game. Started badly in two or three other games this year. And here you go. Here you go. You get to the you get to the under. You get to the under 12 timeout and you're down 20 to six and you're in big trouble. You are in big trouble because you're not up against LaSalle who's going to finish last in this league or some other, you know, some other sap sucker team that's not as good. You're up against a team that fancies itself a top four team, fancies itself a team that can get a double buy. Heck, one of the guys on the three bid league pod this week said Duquesne would win this game and that would be the difference between them getting in the top four in VCU. And I thought to myself, there's just no way in the world we're going to go to Duquesne and lose. How silly was I to believe that? How absolutely ludicrous. I mean, I just, you know, I, I just, <sighs> what is this team's identity? What is this program's identity? Because it used to be being tough physically, being a great defensive program, having guys that would absolutely sell out. And, and I go, you go back to that video that Ed Nixon posted that people were too cool and that you've got to play to exhaustion because you're going to come and get a sub. Well, that's not happening now. And I don't know if that's the players or Rhodes or both, but that is not happening. And so you get stuff like this. You get efforts like this tonight. You get, a, you get a team that shoots that makes 11 threes and shoots almost 50% from three. This was one of the best teams in the country in three-point field goal percentage defense last year. And we're nowhere near that. We are nowhere near that. I mean, it's brutal. It's brutal. No, we weren't. I was going to say, Doug, what I saw is that it was Duquesne minus one. <laughs> Frank, I don't know if Mike Rhodes is over his, is in over his head. I just don't know if he can do if he can do or say the things he needs to say to get this team to play the way it needs to play. That's what I don't know. By the way, VCU did not hold the lead once tonight. Duquesne held the lead for 38 minutes and 52 seconds, which is about as close as you can go to going wire for wire. So it's an even record. It's one and one. It's one and one. And we get to go back home, hallelujah, where at least at least once in a while we'll turn up and play well. And we get to play Davidson, and we get a nice early tip-off. We get a nice early tip-off on Saturday on USA Network, noon. Happily, I'm off. So I will be with you. Uh, in the VCU good and the bad and the ugly group. 
with a live video. And in podcast land, it'll drop on Sunday. And I'll tell you, there better be a reaction. There better be a reaction to this. There better be some real gravel in the gut, spit in the eye kind of play from VCU. There needs to be an edge again because it's not there. And this five-game winning streak, which granted did include a conference win, this five-game winning streak was a lot of powder puff stuff. It was empty calories. And it's it's now we're entering, now we're entering, that's the thing. At the start of the year, we looked at LaSalle and Duquesne as, okay, we're going to go 2-0, and and then it's going to get tough. It turns out it's getting tough right now. Davidson at home, a trip to Loyola, Chicago, and I know the Rambos haven't looked good this year, but it's still a road game. Dayton on the road, UMass at home, Richmond. Mason at home after that. Richmond's on the road. This team needs to need this team needs to get attacked together now. Or they won't, or they'll be lucky. They'll be lucky if they're if to be a double buy team. They'll be lucky if they're wearing a home jersey in the second round at the rate they're going. Because this is nowhere near the realm of good enough. And I'll tell you this, I better not hear. I better not hear, oh, we're still integrating so many players and we're still this and we have so many new, seven new players and all this. It's January. That excuse cuts no ice in this realm of VCU fandom. And I hope it cuts no ice in most realms of VCU fandom. It's January. That, that's, that isn't going to cut it either. It is time. to. You should know what kind of team you're going to be by now. You should know what kind of rota- rotation you're playing. You should know what kind of team you're going to be. And we don't. We don't. And it's the first week of January and we're in conference play and we don't have an identity. And we are playing players way too many minutes, especially when they don't deserve it. You could have sat. I mean, that's the thing. I would have used the bench a lot more quite simply because you could have sat everybody in the first half. This, this is what blows my mind. Watkins gets 33 minutes, and yeah, he was probably our only good offensive player in the first half, but he wasn't playing well at all. Baldwin, 37, Nunn, 29, John, John's 33. They all could have sat. They all could have sat for long periods in the first half and probably deserved to. Granted, the guy, unfortunately, unlike other nights where our bench guys have played well, None of our bench guys played well tonight. But at some point, you just have to say, sit down. Uh, Nick Kern played. He had 14 minutes. He did have a couple block shots. But other than that, I I can't blame you, Bruce, for not noticing him. Because I didn't notice him either, for the most part. (sighs) So, all right. One more home game. And then we got a lot of road games coming up. So, let's hope for a reaction from VCU. And they can get over Davidson, who's been a thorn in their side in this league, whether they've been playing down at the Belt Arena or the Siegel Center. Davidson might be decidedly off color this year, so maybe with the new with Matt McKillop, we can start to get back over them. But man, this effort tonight just just didn't cut it. Just didn't cut it. And 
the clock's going to start ticking on this team and their chances to do anything this season if it's not ticking already. So it's time to buck your ideas up. And it's time for the coaching staff, especially if with no school on, maybe they need a few harder practices. Maybe they need to remember what kind of effort is needed if you're going to put the black and gold jersey on. Because I'm not seeing it most nights. I'm not seeing anything that represents what this university is usually about on the basketball floor. And I, and I have a hard time with that. And look, the women's team is struggling this year. But when I've watched them, I've never walked away from a game saying, oh, they, they didn't put the effort in. They didn't give it their best shot. They didn't fight. Not one time. They're 3-11. and 11. But not one time have I been able to have I ever said that about them. I've watched every game, but I've never looked at that team, and they're str- and they're 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 rebuilding right now. The the women the the, the uh, women's team, but I've never walked away from a game of theirs saying, man, they should be embarrassed. They've embarrassed the jersey, and they should be embarrassed to wear it. Not once. And I don't know what's happened to this team on the men's side. But I'm, I'm seeing efforts like that way too much this year, and it's not good enough. And some guys have got to look in the mirror and, and, and question themselves and say, I'm going to have to do better. And some guys are going to have to be a little bit smarter up here in between the ears, be a little more clever, understand what, kind of, what the situation is, and, and adjust to it so that you can still be out there. We can't have another net game where Jalen Deloach plays 11 minutes and that's it. Huh. Well, that's interesting, Doug. He says he practices them to exhaustion every day. Well, I'll tell you what, if that's the case, <laughs> we're not seeing evidence on the floor. They're not playing to exhaustion. They're not. So I don't know what – then I don't know what they, they're doing. Then I don't know what the answer is if that's the case. Um, because – that doesn't look like a team that that that's putting out that kind of effort in practice because they're not putting it out in the game. All right, so that's it. Uh, we'll I'll see you Saturday if you're in the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group. Of course, podcast land. You're hopefully listening to this on Thursday, and hopefully it hasn't ruined your morning or afternoon too much or your evening. And in podcast land, you'll you'll hear it Sunday. Uh, hopefully, you'll get a listen to that before the uh, final day of the NFL. Thank you, everybody for the comments in the, in the live video. Thank you, everybody, for the comments in the game thread. As I say, may say all the time, VCU good and the bad and the ugly is a great place to be for the game threads and other things. Uh, VCU by the numbers tomorrow. VCU by the numbers tomorrow. And we'll try to get that out at a time when all the NCAA numbers are updated. Um, and, of course, we'll see you Saturday, Saturday afternoon uh, in, the, in the group for the game and – Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, Sorry that it didn't go the way we wanted it to. Uh, Have a good night, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.